0: Hi, everyone. So glad to have you back. Hello. Welcome to another episode. It's
1: great to be here.
0: It's great to be here. I'm a little under the weather. So if I sound funny, that's why. It's going around these days. It is. I mm. put a mask back on the last few days when I go out into public.
1: Mm, how's that going for you? It's, it hides my chin hairs. <laughs> that's true. So, hey, those suckers sprout out. They just like come out overnight when people try and say, no, they don't. No. Yeah. Yeah. could be hormonal now that you're, you know,
0: over another decade. Wait a older. second.
1: Could be. Or it could like, not be.
0: It's not like overnight things just change. Yeah, they do.
1: Well. Yeah,
0: you wake up out of bed and then all of a sudden you like strain your back while making the bed. Mm-hmm. Your legs hurt, your heels hurt, your back hurts. Mm. Gray hairs are spouting out. You got chin hairs or hairs in places you never thought you had them before. Mm. Welcome to older age. Mm. Older age. Do you notice I said older age? Yeah. Hey, are you ready for an uplifting show from the Russian sisters? (laughs) We have so much awesomeness to share with you today. Yeah, besides our aches and pains, our gray hairs
1: (laughs) and our chin hairs.
0: But I know some of you listeners um, can identify. And so I know you're shaking your head and nodding and laughing along with us. That's right. Bring your tweezers everywhere you go. I mean, I'm guessing you're laughing along with us instead of at us.
1: Oh, yeah, feel free to laugh at me, too. Yeah, we'll see. I'm sure I'm going to have stories. I mean, we do aim to bring smiles to your faces. That's the point. <laughs> <It> sure <laughs> is. How are you? I am hanging in there. I'm doing really well, actually. Yeah, tell me, Alexander, what's been going on in your life? Yeah, just doing the do every day. You know, it's kind of like wash, rinse, repeat. Yeah.
0: It's kind of rote lately, isn't it?
1: Yeah, no, I'm, I'm completely just crawling to the end of the school year. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah, I feel you there. Alexandra asked me earlier how I was doing, and I started crying. (laughs) And then she was like, can I give you a hug? And I was like, "Uh uh-huh, through tears. I was like, yes, I just opened up my arms and
1: welcomed the embrace. Yes, and then I told her, you need to rally. I
0: know. I know. Well, unfortunately, it's gotten to the point where I'm just like, I feel, I'm feeling it for my friends. My friends are going through some hard things. Friends and family are going through some hard things and I'm feeling it for them. So I get sad, especially when I'm tired and exhausted. I get a little bit more emotional and then my defenses are breaking down. And then I got like, I, okay. So last <laughs> week, recently I gave a presentation to some of my colleagues about compassion fatigue and vicarious trauma and burnout and how they relate to each other, but they're all very different things. And how we're, we in the caring field everyone everywhere in the caring field Now, I can't say everyone everywhere but I would imagine many people in the caring fields are feeling it right now and are just kind of broken and like you say just crawling to the end of the school year or to that next point where you actually get a break
1: yeah so share with everyone the Russian sisters podcast because we're going to help everyone get to the end of this
0: heck yeah, please do people like, right. If our, if our aim is to bring you some joy in your life, kind of give you a break in your day of the monotony and then communicate to you that you're not alone. This is the place. Yeah. This is the space. Absolutely. This is the place (laughs) we are the face. Keep going without using mace.
1: (laughs) Oh my god! <laughs> Not in outer space. Not in no. outer space. You already use space. So but we we've really, got a quick pace. Can't really use that twice. You so can- yeah, so a little bit with that crawling. I've had some crazy stress dreams recently. <gasps> Do tell. I yeah. like dreams. It's been a little interesting. And I usually, Anna has a really good dream dictionary. It's called dream dictionary. <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: online. <laughs> I feel like you... Use a different one, but we'll we'll go ahead and add that to the show notes. It could be like moods or something like dream moods. I just Google dream dictionary; it's usually the first thing that pops up for me, the first link because I think I use it so often. It could be like dream moods, yeah, moods, dream moods. If I'm speaking and enunciating,
1: yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. So I had this dream that I came home and I went to put my car. There was a, a another car in my driveway, and I went to put my car in the garage. And then I went to close the garage and it started coming down on someone else's car. That's right. And it just kept smashing this other car. And I was like, oh, that, oh, I'm going to have to talk to the owner of that because clearly I've just damaged their car. And I walk into my house and I should back up and say that... Before Sean died, we were starting to do some remodeling. So we had taken all, some floors and he had redone our kitchen and our dining room flooring. We had talked about doing our bathrooms. And then we had like entryways, all, all this stuff that was kind of in the works. And I ended up having to finish some of those projects. And I really like how it all turned out and what our plan was. You know, I just continued with what our original plan was. And so in my dream, I walk into the house And someone is literally ripping everything out that we had done. Oh, no. And then some. Yeah. Including our kitchen. And I really like our kitchen. I still call it our kitchen. But but yeah, so they had taken it all out and they had replaced. What we had taken out was these hardwood floors. And the look is just a little bit better. Not that we didn't like the hardwood. We just, it was a weird way that our house was set up. But someone had gone and replaced our flooring with laminate in a hardwood floor color how dare they but then they took they demoed all of the cabinets and they put in this like really dark our cabinets are white and we have like a a lighter granite and they took all of that out and they put in these darker cabinets that look just like the hardwood floors and then this really really dark granite so it just made everything look so dark and then there were red walls it was so weird and then there was one bathroom that was completely not done it looked like it had hot pink and bright blue paint it was just so, so weird. And I remember waking up, and I always have these dreams right before I wake up. And I remember what I had to do was go and reference Anna's dream dictionary and be like, what does this mean? Yeah, what do all the vibrant colors in this dream mean? Well, I don't know about necessarily about the vibrant colors, but mm-hmm. the idea of the remodel is just change, basically. Just going through, not the change, but <laughs> just going through, through change. Not everything is like maximize now that I'm 40 but on autopilot like super fast now it's the change you have chin hairs your back hurts (laughs) (laughs) just kidding um yeah so it's it was just really interesting because I was talking about transformation and change and I was like oh interesting because that's kind of been my process for the last few months
0: yeah that is interesting
1: yeah, I love
0: that about dreams. And I think the subconscious is so fascinating. The as as I have like the dream dictionary bookmarked. <laughs> um, but I'm like when I do remember my dreams, I remember bits pretty vividly, especially stress dreams. And then I like to look them up and see usually right they are a reflection of what what I'm experiencing or inner turmoil or relating to emotions, whether I'm displaying them or I need to communicate them more often. But I'm just really intrigued by the symbolism according to this one website, uh, (laughs) but I I, like, I entertain all, I guess, interpretations of dreams. I just think it's a really interesting thing.
1: Oh, well, I kind of play the different websites off of each other. And then the interpretation I like the most is the one I go with.
0: (laughs) Yeah. This one resonates with me most. So I'm going to go with that one. Yeah. Sounds good to me. Yeah. Do you want to hear one of the stress dreams I had recently? Oh yeah. It was really random. But <laughs> I was supposed to go on a trip. That part is not random because when I do have stress dreams, they usually involve travel and the fact that I am not able to get to a plane. It's usually like I'm rushing to get to my plane or to the gate and I'm late and something comes up and I just, for whatever reason, there are obstacles in my way and I can't get there. Well, in this particular dream, it's usually like the same airport and I don't know what airport this is or where it is, but my mind has created this whole scene. Anywho, so in this particular dream, I'm supposed to go on a trip with my parents, our parents, (laughs) and I'm like at the airport, and while I'm at the airport, I'm one of the people mover things... I realized that I did not make plans for my cats to be taken care of while I am gone on this trip. So like flash to the next scene and I'm back at this house and I'm trying to like get the cats into their cat carriers. And then it's like, I was just going to put them in the cat carrier and shove them in there. And I was supposed to be gone for like a week according to this dream. And then while I'm like putting one of the cats into the cat carrier I'm realizing I cannot keep this cat in this carrier for the entire week without having someone to come and feed the cats and let them out and let them roam. Like They just can't stay in a cat carrier for a week. That is inhumane. That's interesting. I Very much so. And while all of this is happening and I'm thinking through it and like, how could I be so dumb not to make arrangements for my cats while I'm going like on this week-long trip and I was already at the airport, all of this is going through my head. And I'm also thinking, now I'm going to be really late for my trip again. <laughs> so... <laughs> What did the dream dictionary
1: say anything about especially the
0: cats? Yes, cats definitely represent something. And now that happened a couple weeks ago. So I don't remember what exactly, but I'm sure it ties to emotions and like playfulness. And I think there are a couple actual, well, speaking of interpretations, I think there are a couple ways that the dictionary defines. You can either take it this way, depending on what's going on in your life, or this way, depending on what's going on in your life. I chose to take the playful thing. I feel like when I had this dream, I was going through maybe it was over spring break. And so I had had a chance to like decompress a little bit and de-stress. And so I was actually in a space where I was able to have some fun with my friends and family over spring break. And so I think maybe this is a little bit what that was referring to. You know, I don't know. It could have just been a dream about me going on a trip and
1: shoving my cats into cat carriers. (laughs) I don't know. Well, and that's what's so hard because especially when you have a break is when your mind and your body starts to relax and work through all the stress. It's kind of like we hold on to this stress and we kind of put it into a different bucket. I wouldn't say our our normal buckets and we kind of put it to the side and then it has a moment to unravel. Heck yeah. In our dreams. Agreed. That's crazy. Yeah. With the house dream that I had, it was really interesting because the same day that I had that dream, I heard this thing about house numerology.
0: <gasps> Have you heard about this? No.
1: So what is this? You take the number, whatever your address is, the number of your house, and you just add the numbers together until you get a single digit. huh. And apparently that single digit represents something about the type of home that you have.
0: I love that Alexandra looks into these things and then talks about them so I can learn more things. Do tell. <laughs> tell me. Like, what is my, like, well, well, okay. what, well, what's your, what's your number? And I'll look it up. Okay. So if I were to take all the digits in my house and it's just house number, right? Yeah. The main house number. So if I'm to take all the digits in my house number, it adds up to six.
1: Six. All right. Let's see here. Yeah. Um, The number six is compassionate, generous, and full of goodness. It's harmonious and full of love. Number six homes are usually very comfortable and safe places for children, pets, and plants. That's good because I kill plants. So it's a good thing mine's not a six. The challenges with the number six are that you might find yourself giving too much to others. OMG, people. I did not read this ahead of time. And not saving enough energy for yourself. Oh my goodness. They knew it was you. They knew it. Being at home can be very comfortable. So it takes a lot of initiative to get out and spend time on yourself. Let me tell you, this (laughs) cracks me up because how many times have we talked about on here how I will text on and say, hey, I'm going to go for a walk. What are you doing? And she'll be like, I have to peel myself off my couch. (laughs)
0: True story. True story. Often. Also because I'm a Taurus... Born in the year of the serpent with a grizzly spirit animal. So uh, my couch
1: is very comfortable. So the number six, though, is also our parents' number. Oh, that's interesting. Very interesting because they do house our pets and children quite often.
0: <laughs> well, and I think it's interesting what you say about comfort and safety because I live in a row of townhomes and we all have the same number as a starter and then have different unit. Numbers or letters. And really recently, I had a very uncomfortable interaction with one of my neighbors and oh. he just had like a super inappropriate, like highly escalated response to something seemingly simple and could have been rectified on a very simple level. But he had just this really explosive and uncomfortable reaction and it really made me feel safe made, make making me think like, do I need to move from where I live? But I really do enjoy it. I love where I live. I love
1: my space you've You've worked really hard on your space and it is a good neighborhood, yeah, that interaction was super intense definitely and i I would totally have the same reaction. I mean, we kind of worked through it, but I would have the same reaction like what's the deal you you need to feel safe being able to go home agreed, yeah, and Which you I, need to feel safe that people coming to your home are safe.
0: Well, I think that's yeah. probably one of the things that bothered me most is I've had uncomfortable interactions with this. Neighbor, same neighbor before, but not for a couple of years. We are not on friendly terms by any means. I do have other people in my little area that I do connect with. But the fact that he made my family member uncomfortable, like coming to my own house, I don't know, for whatever reason, I was like, I cannot stand for that. I will put up with the behavior or I will interact with the behavior or address it as I I see fit. But when you mess with like my guests coming to my house, that's a whole other ball game. And I was like- Not having it.
1: No, in those kind of situations, especially if Buddy is with me, the mama bear comes out in a way where I'm like, oof, you should not combine Aries and a mama bear. Yeah, and then anti-Taurus, like, no,
0: it was not a good combination, and he was cussing at us, and yeah, he was like, don't you ever call the cops? And I was like, oh, I will, I will, Mr... And so I, I mean, I did just to consult and get a case number, but yeah,
1: it was nuts. And there are so many stories and we'll get back to the house numerology, but there are so many stories that happen where something very trivial leads to something very tragic. And so really it was just the guy didn't like where my car was parked, but he, I don't think he, I think he's on fair terms with one of your other neighbors, but I don't think he's really on good terms with anybody. Agreed. He's, he's, he's a pretty toxic person. Yeah. But luckily, I mean... Besides that, your home is a very inviting place and, and you've worked really hard to make that.
0: Thank you. I just think it's interesting that he has the same house number as I do. <laughs> and so when I think about mm. people in my same house numbers, I'm like, really? I mean, maybe it is for him. Maybe the definition of what my house number means to me is what it
1: is for him, too, which mm. is why he's not moving. <laughs> I wonder if there's something that has to do with like the letter, you know, like your apartment mm. number, or the letter that's attached to it. Oh, we'll have to look into that yeah, next. I'll have to see okay so our parents and anna are a six inviting caring loving home and yours i'm a two buddy and i have a two uh these are very sensitive and sentimental houses (laughs) shocking people shocking it's like a house of empaths over here homes with number two are particularly well suited for couples best friends and young families Mm. Mm, interesting these homes are also perfect for intimate gatherings and general togetherness Oh, that's nice. I will say um, I've had several times. We used to do family dinners over here at my house. Well, that's where we record. But and our brother the other day was like, you don't invite us over anymore. And I'm like, oh, you haven't seen what the house looks like. The challenges associated with the number two are that it can often lead to feeling overly sensitive or overwhelmed with emotions. Hmm. This can be difficult for those who feel a constant need for validation and affection, which is definitely I wish you guys could see on his face right now. She's <laughs> I'm like, like nailed it. <laughs> spot on. (laughs) Well, and that's something that I've shared this before, but that's something that's really important to me is teaching Buddy. I can already tell he picks up on everybody's energy. And so trying to teach him how to filter it. I'm still learning what to do when I take on other people's energies and like creating rituals for myself so that in the evening I can do something to kind of let go of other people's energy and emotions. And it's hard to to teach a 2.9 year old.
0: Wow, 2.9.
1: I know. A 2.9-year-old, how to do that other than I just try and validate him and affirm him of, like, you don't need to take this on. That's some really good boundary setting. Tell I'm me trying. more. Tell I'm me trying. More. All right. Our brother's house is an eight. What did we say that was a oh, an eight? Yeah. Okay. The number eight is the number of prosperity and abundance. It's mm. an excellent home number for entrepreneurs and those trying to make money. Mm. This is a high-energy, high-growth home for growing a business or family. The challenges associated with the number eight are that while there tend to be big wins, there are also big losses. Everything is done on a big scale. The number eight also tends to lend itself toward a sense of dissatisfaction as you might never feel that you have enough, no matter how much you have. Don't let this lead to a house full of junk. Interesting. 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 You guys know that interesting is my word. Where did you get this from? Oh, are you ready for this? This is like the best part ever. Rockethomes.com. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah. I looked up multiple sites, and this one kept popping up, and then I was looking for similarities, and they they all have similarities. They're pretty similar as far as home numerology goes. Yeah. I think that's fascinating. So we covered two, six, and eight. So I'm just going to... Give like brief explanation for the other ones. Bring it. Number one homes, if you have a a number one, represents creativity, drive, and innovation. And it's excellent for working from home and entrepreneurs starting new businesses. The challenges for number one are that it can lead to too much independence and loneliness. And you may need to go out of your way to spend time with others and invite them into your home for company.
0: Mm, Is that like the introvert's paradise?
1: Number one? Right. (laughs) I know. Fine line. Fine line. Okay. Three homes. If you have a three, it's an extremely social number. Ideal for networking, romance, and anything involving interacting with people. And these homes are cheerful, vivacious, and perfect for hosting parties. And it's associated, tends to lend itself to disorganization, the challenges. Yeah, there you go. Disorganization, scatteredness, and flippancy. So set a schedule for yourself. Huh? Yeah. Four, real fast, you're grounded and practical, disciplined, structured, not at all spontaneous. These homes can be very successful when used for investments, business, and education. And challenges are that tends to be (laughs) no excitement or spontaneity, which is more like feminine energy versus masculine energy. This can lead to a lack of work-life balance. So number
0: four, number four. mm,
1: Yeah. Okay. Five homes are social and gregarious excitement and socialization. These homes easily become party places where people love to go and celebrate. They're less likely to get bogged down about the past and more likely to enjoy the present. And some challenges with that are it's not suited for quiet or introspection or a place of peace. That is the extrovert's paradise. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. And those are back-to-back. Back. That's funny. Okay, so we did six. So seven is peaceful, reflective, and secretive. Wonderful. Secretive, right? Oh. Wonderful home for those who wish to be alone and spend spiritual time reflecting internally. Huh. If you love to read, pray, or meditate, seven is for you.
0: I feel like seven is like a, I don't know, it's a spiritual number, a lucky number. That's just interesting. It's like the meditative spiritual n- number for numerology, too.
1: Oh, that is interesting. Challenges can be these homes are not well suited for entertaining or hosting social gatherings. Not suitable. Yeah.
0: (laughs) So if you're an extrovert who likes to party, you're going to have to move to a five
1: home. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So last one is nine. Nine represents love and acceptance. Everyone is welcome in a number nine home. It's the type of home where everyone feels welcome stopping by and calling for advice or just to hang out. And challenges are that it can lead to not enough Alone time hmm. or private time for the family. you'll have to go out of your way to establish clear-cut family time or or avoid guest burnout. So so when I was thinking
0: about moving earlier because of my neighbor conflict, I guess if I were to move again, even though moving makes me it just makes me tired thinking about it. But I wonder if there are
1: people who consider home numerology when picking an address. So, yeah, I'm super curious now. So if I were to get another home, that's something I'm going to be like what kind of home is this although i'd say that the two fits me pretty well
0: and i would wonder like what kind of research was done like how many homes do you survey to see if this is really what goes on in your home and does it jive with the numbers although i would say for you and me <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah hit the nail on the head for sure i just yeah that's really interesting aren't yeah. things interesting alexandra they're very interesting yeah
1: Yeah, it was kind of a fun exercise when I heard it and I just had to chuckle after the dream I had because I was like obviously getting some some stuff because the home for me is symbolizes stability and security. Yeah. And so being able to stay in our home was a big deal. And then I really want Buddy to be able to grow up here. And so it was really interesting.
0: I like it. Well, thanks for sharing that with us.
1: I'm going to find a different word besides interesting.
0: Literally and interesting are two things I think they get said, like literally interesting. We say them a lot
1: yeah one other fun thing I have to bring up that I'm, I'm kind of excited for ooh tell me is that uh, well you were part of it oh
0: <laughs> I already know about it <laughs> tell me <laughs> we finished our book club book more than a body <laughs> y'all it took us a while but we got it did not take us oh, as long as the first book that we read that took us about seven months to get through even though it was about 60 pages but this one was probably three or four times that and yeah we made it through more than a body it's awesome
1: Yeah. What were your thoughts about it? What are my
0: thoughts about it? Okay. So I think there were a lot of great benefits to reading this book. It gave a lot of information to reflect upon, such as viewing our bodies as instruments versus ornaments and how society for a long, long time has built up and ingrained in us the idea that we are things to be looked at and ogled at and picked apart and made fun of and just objectified. And so just thinking about that and thinking about the history and thinking about my own messaging that I've gotten for my entire life and reflecting on how that has impacted how I view myself and the kind of speak, whether negative or positive, I have for myself and to myself was interesting to reflect upon. I also think it made me think about how I compliment other people. And this was a conversation that we book club, it came up a number of times, just because we want to be careful about how we're complimenting people and about what exactly so for example there were a bunch of examples in the book where people had shared their stories about having lost 20 30 40 pounds or whatever the the pound number was and people saying like oh my gosh she looks so great not knowing that that pound loss happened because of an illness or because of an eating disorder or because of xyz abc and so it makes me think like how could we be more sensitive? to that while still lifting people up and being able to compliment, but not making necessarily weight as that focus. For example, another example, I have lots of them. But something I think we've talked about is, all right, I am the size that I am now. And um, I have certain views and feelings about the size and the person that I am now. And if I were to change my size, and people start saying, Oh, my gosh, you look so great. It like just gives a person pause to think, did I not look so great when I was me a couple months ago, or a year ago. And so again, I think you asked the question, and I'm answering it. a very long way. But I think it just gave me a lot to think about in terms of the objectification and how do we as women specifically start to accept our bodies for what they have done for us, the journey that they have taken us on and the instrument that they have been, all the good that they have done rather than not accepting ourselves because of what other people have defined as beauty.
1: How's that? Well, (laughs) well said. That was pretty complete there. I will say that our discussions around compliments usually revolve around me being super awkward <laughs> and not knowing how to compliment people, which brought to mind the fact that I am very conditioned in body objectification. I can't objectific- There we go. Objectification. I tried to say aesthetician
0: earlier and it wasn't coming out right. So
1: you're doing great. Objectification. Yeah. Thanks. I'll just have you say it every time. Okay. Yeah, so I, I was trying to compliment a friend. She had her hair up, and but I didn't want it to make it sound like if I complimented on her hair being up, that it meant that I didn't like it when her hair was down. Exactly. And so... Awkwardly I'm standing in front of her and another colleague and I'm like, your hair's up. And then I kind of chuckled ah, awkwardly and turned around and walked away. And she, you know, explained her morning and what was going on and that she had her hair up and she's like, yeah, I have it up today. And we had book club that night and I was like, you guys, I couldn't even, I didn't even know what to do. So I just told her her hair was up like she didn't even know. And um, so my book club's great and it's kind of coaching me. And I went back to this person when I saw her again and I said, I think I owe you an apology because I just kind of screamed at you (laughs) (laughs) instead of being able to actually compliment you and that it just looked cute. Not that it doesn't look cute when your hair's down. And I had two apologies I had to give that day actually because the other colleague that was in the room, I shared with her something in regards to Sean dying. And this this colleague was like, I never cry. She's, she said that. She's like, my husband's the one who's kind of the more emotional. I'm more stoic. I don't really cry. And so I was expressing kind of how I've explained to children what happened with Sean. And I tend to use Moana as my example. So just real briefly, I know this is a tangent, but just bear with me. But what I've told children before is that Sean was kind of he he grew up with with people not always really telling him how awesome he was and he was kind of like take ha, looking for his heart <laughs> and then you know we just lost him before he had a chance to find his heart and be tafiti again and I'm like explaining this not really facing my colleague and she's like oh my gosh I'm tearing up and she, I look at her and she has tears coming down her face and I felt horrible I was like I'm just so sorry mind you she's like eight months pregnant but that's <laughs> But anyway, so I owed her an apology too for making her cry. But the, the point is, I think that when you're trying to go through a transition like this of how do you compliment people or how do you notice we have another friend who's been working really hard to lose weight and be healthier. I won't yes. say get healthier, but be healthier because she's already very healthy. And I noticed that there was a change and it's like, what do you do with that? So instead I'm, I'm trying to be like, so good to see you. <laughs> but even, that, even though I mean it, it always comes out awkward because... I am ingrained in saying, oh, it's so great to see you. You Like, great. Have you been, did you lose weight? Have you, because that's been central for me, which is exactly the whole point of this book. That is exactly the point, right? And I think
0: one of the things that this book will hopefully help us start to do is decondition that messaging. And for me specifically, if someone's like, oh my gosh, you look so great because your hair is straight today, or you wore makeup today, or I like your outfit, or you lost weight. If someone were to make those remarks for me, instead of turning around in my head and saying I must have looked really dopey beforehand, or when I wear my hair curly, or when I don't wear makeup and look like a boy, whatever, like, instead of doing that messaging and that negative self talk to myself, I can actually take the compliment in the vein in which it is meant, which is probably lifting up and a person just wanting to say, hey, I noticed you look good today and it doesn't mean you look like poop yesterday.
1: Yeah, I think that's a good point, too, because I think sometimes when that happens, it's kind of hitting our own insecurities. Exactly. Of, well, wait a second, you know, why, why'd you notice this or that? And just, I'm one of those people where I used to be super observant and I'm not anymore. So it could be that someone looks the exact same way three days in a row, but it might be on the third day that I'm like, oh, hey. And it means absolutely nothing about the other two days. It's just yeah it's it just how it goes. Is.
0: and Alexandra and I have talked that this book makes me want to ask more questions. so when I was talking with a friend who has been working hard and is intentionally trying to lose weight and get fit and be in a healthier state, I asked this person how they would want to be addressed. Like if someone did notice, would they want the compliments? And I prefaced it all with, so I'm reading this book (laughs) and it's got me thinking. And I I, I think that's probably how I'm going to, ask, you know, just for people that I trust and to give me straight and honest answers. But I think it's totally okay to ask and say, "Hey, I'm reading this book and it has these ideas and it's gotten me thinking. And so if, you know, what would you think? What what would you want? How would you want people to address this? Would you want people to say anything? Would you not want them to?" And I feel like the answer would definitely depend based on what that person's life circumstances
1: are, for sure. Absolutely. Although Right, we're trying to get away from commenting on how people look. I think I'd rather, though, someone compliment me if I have gotten healthier or have reached those goals versus if I've gone the other direction like hey it looks like you stopped working out recently right if
0: someone's like you put on a few pounds are you doing okay I'm kind of worried about you you've been dipping into the bread and cheese and beer again haven't you (laughs) and I'm gonna be like yes life is stressful school's hard this year I have <laughs> Lay off.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Lay off me. I'm starving. I'm starving. <laughs> uh-huh. Give me my French fries and leave me alone. Yeah. That's, that's hilarious. Hilarious. my goats. Oh my goodness. Well, that's interesting because with uh-huh, interesting. Sorry, you guys. I'm I'm really working on it. I find that with the whole more than a body concept and how we look, we, we've talked about this too. Women can be super, super hard on each other. And more recently, I have found moms can be even more competitive. Like, oh boy. Be, well, I don't know. I'm coming out of hibernation. So I'm starting to work through and clear out some stuff in my house. And some of it is old baby stuff. And I took it to a local store to try and they'll, they'll do secondhand stuff and you can sell your baby stuff. And so I tried going in one day in the afternoon and they are like, oh yeah, no, we're closed for taking bins. You'll have to come back. And they're like, you have to come right when we open. And so like at the beginning of the day, Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So I made arrangements so that I could, and I ended up there early. And it's a good thing I did because there's already a line. Like I was walking with my bin and you see all these people walking with their bins, these women and these moms walking with their bins, but it's like four different people from four different angles trying to see, and you see them speed up and who's going to get <laughs> in line first. And so I show up and I'm like 10 minutes early before they open. And I was like, Dang, this is cutthroat. Okay, so mind you, I said that, and then they all got kind of offended. And I was like, no, no, no. I was forewarned. I needed to get here early. I just didn't know what that meant. And you said out loud that this is cutthroat. Yeah. I was Uh-oh. like, dang, so they did, not, they did, did they, not appreciate it. They did not appreciate that. And I was like, oh no, I just didn't know. Right here, I come with like my little Elmo potty seats and a bin full of shoes. And so it was really interesting, but it made me think that, and they ended up being nice, and we were all chatting before going in. But even then, it's interesting because there were more people coming behind me and you can just feel the energy kind of get a little frenzied. And it reminded me how years ago you and I played in an indoor soccer league. Oh, yes. And I was in my 20s at the time right now. Y'all know i I was 40. too. I was in my 20s then too. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just like a, a C league, right? Not even an A. It was a C league. It was supposed to be just fun, not really competitive. Y'all, the
0: lowest of the lowest league, fun and comp- not competitive. Just, yes.
1: Yes. And I remember thinking... One of the hardest teams that we played, we played each team, I think, twice. And one of the hardest teams we played was this team of moms. And they were in their 40s. Hmm, interesting. And they would come, and they were super aggressive. And I was like, dang, are these? Ladies, what is up with these ladies? Is this their only time to get out there? Aggression? Like, what is going on? It is balls to the wall on the field going 100 miles an hour. And it's a ladies' league, so we didn't have balls. no. Boobs to the walls? Yeah. Mm, There you go. (laughs) I don't know. But it was just intense. It was intense. And I remember thinking, man, like, you guys, this is C-League. This is intense. And I found, now that I am a mom, I'm like, oh, yes. (laughs) I get it. But I think part of it for me is, yes, let's get it. And also that lifting up each other versus when you get those insecurities, how do you look? Did you lose your baby weight? Are you being a good mom? I told Anna earlier today that that's one of the things, one of my biggest insecurities is, am I doing right by buddy? And am I being a good mom? And so, you know, when you see people do other things, it can really call into question your own decisions. It kind of made me chuckle. So now I'm like kind of keeping tabs on all the women that I know who are moms and just seeing what they do to kind of let out steam and also just there's this just competition that arises
0: oh for sure and i'm betting that if we were to go back and play indoor soccer again and had to play some 20 something sprightly things jogging up and down the indoor field i would probably bring out the inner grizzly too oh <laughs> right like that competitive edge i would be like i have something to prove
1: Hands down, I'd be like, oh, there you are, frolicking around. Go have your beer after our little game. I, I have to go back to my child. I'm going to unleash the beast on you now for 30 minutes. And then I won't be able to move at all tomorrow or the rest of the week, but I'm going to go all out, boobs to the wall, this game. Exactly. Yeah. It just struck me because I have been craving more mom groups or even one of my therapists was asking me about if I'm participating in any mom's groups or just anyone who has children to kind of get that comfort sometimes of those insecurities or just knowing you're going to have good days, you're going to have bad days, and you haven't ruined their life just by doing that. And I I was like okay well I'll add that to my manifestation list because I don't know that I'm in a place to actively go look for that but yeah it was kind of funny just watching these ladies rushing to the door I'm going to get my bin in first. Okay. My, I, need to, I
0: need to do my spring cleaning and get rid of these clothes. I don't, my children do not need any more. And I must be in the store first, in the door and the store first. That yeah. is funny, that
1: competitive edge. Well, and it's not like they pay that much either.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: but yeah, pretty good thoughts there. So yeah, anyone know some moms that want to? I know they have groups and stuff on social media, but I'm just I'm just not on there. I don't have the capacity yet to go and find that. I could find you a soccer league,
0: a mom's league soccer. Soccer aside, I'm, I'm sure there are meetup groups and things like that that we could look into. I've
1: interested. totally i I would totally play again. I know a couple people who do play indoor, but I think I've mentioned that I went and got a soccer ball, and then I thought it would be really cool to show off to buddy my skills, and then realized. I might have lost a few of those skills. So it was a little shocking, embarrassing, but at least he doesn't know that it was embarrassing because I was like, oh, and he thought it was funny. He thought it was the funniest thing to watch me try and juggle and and kick the ball around.
0: I'm sure. And then there was that
1: day that you did kick the ball around and it went over the fence and someone stole your soccer ball. I know. (laughs) Like two minutes, they stole my ball. It was not cool. Not Yeah, by the time I could get the kid in the stroller and the dog out and run around the corner, it was gone.
0: Thinking about all your stories, it made me think that I don't really know if I understand what the expression balls to the wall is or where (laughs) it comes from. And so, y'all, I'm going to like do some digging in and and I'm sure you guys do and are probably like yelling at us through your cars or your headphones or wherever you are that you're listening to us. But I'm going to go research that. And so I'll have some info next time we meet up. I wrote
1: it down. So I'll make sure she uh, oh, follows up on that.
0: We'll put it in the show notes, by the way, balls <laughs> to the wall stands for whatever. Hey, um, on that note, are you guys ready for the STW
1: joke of the day? Let's do it. All right. Sean T. Wyman, this one's for you. <laughs> I'm just going to pause for a second and say that honest is squinting because she did not bring her reading glasses. <laughs> she oh. might need me to read the joke. This is still why we don't have video of
0: this, (laughs) because this is just wood. Yeah, it's comical, y'all. Okay, today's um, SDW joke of the day is, why can't an ear be 12 inches long? Ah, because that's a foot. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I didn't even tell her beforehand because then it would be a foot. (laughs) Huzzah. (laughs) She got it. Why can't an ear be 12 inches long? Because then it would
1: be a foot. (laughs) Woohoo! I got one, you guys. I got one. Oh my gosh. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. You guys, we love you so much. Thanks for
0: joining us for another episode. We, we hope you've, we've given you a little bit of cho- oh. <laughs> a chuckle. I have a chuckle. Oh, we hope that you've chuckled a little bit along with us and maybe learned something new along the way. Like I know you're going to go find out your home numerology now.
1: Do it, and we'll chat with you next time. Yep, love you. Have a great week. Bye.
0: Thanks for listening to The Russian Sisters. For more, go to soundoff.network. Produced and distributed by the SoundOff Media Company.